In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who has come in order to give us the sensation of salvation. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, we started off this morning with a question. That question was, did you feel that? Which maybe you, you were kind of wondering, oh, well, what was I supposed to feel? You know, it's kind of a scary question, right? When, when somebody says, did you feel that? And you're like, no. <laughs> what was I supposed to feel there? Yeah, what was I supposed to feel the earth moving under my feet? Is there an earthquake? Was I supposed to feel something else? It's the same thing for all of the other senses, by the way. When somebody says, hey, uh, you know, did, did you smell that? Like, no. Uh, is something burning? Is, is something else wrong? Yeah, did you see that? Did you hear that? Yeah, all of those questions are, are questions that, that maybe make us go, oh, well, well, what am I supposed to feel? Which I think a lot of times is kind of how uh, we approach people that feel their relationship with Jesus, right? When, when, when people are like, hey, um, did you feel Jesus this week? I don't know. What's, what's that supposed to be like for me? What's the, you know, uh, how am I supposed to feel Jesus? You know, how am I supposed to see Jesus? How am I supposed to taste Jesus? How am I supposed to do any of this stuff with Jesus? It's kind of like the bumper sticker. You know, I, I found Jesus. He was hiding behind the couch the whole time. I, that, that, that bumper sticker plays with this kind of reality of like, well, what are we supposed to feel about Jesus? How are, how are we supposed to engage our senses in this relationship that we have with Jesus? Because on one level, it's kind of hard for us to perceive that. Because our relationship with Jesus is sort of unlike our relationship with most of the other human beings that we know, Right? Most of the other human beings that we know, we are able to reach out and touch them. To know what it's like to give them a hug. To know what they feel like. To know what their body temperature is like. To know all of those, those different things. But we have a hard time doing that with Jesus. We have a hard time really even perceiving what we think Jesus is supposed to look like. Because a lot of us have pictures of Jesus, even in our homes, that make him out to look like a, well, fairly fair-skinned white guy. Which is probably not all that historically accurate. He was a Jewish carpenter. Probably looked like a buff Seinfeld. With a tan. And so you're, you're like, oh, okay. And, and other people, we, we know kind of what they smell like. Other people, we, we know what they sound like. And yet in our relationship with Jesus, we're kind of like, oh, how do we do that? And so the people around us that are like, hey, I feel Jesus, we, we kind of go, oh, really? What's he feel like? And they say weird stuff, right? Like, oh, it's like a, a fire in my heart. Which sounds terrible, by the way. Uh, your heart is burning. 
Metaphorically, you, you go, oh, that sounds great. Realistically, you go, that sounds amazingly painful. <laughs> and so, what do you do with that? And, and when people are talking about that burning sensation inside of them, what is that? Well, really what that is gets into this thing called gestalt psychology. And gestalt psychology especially says that, that the, your emotions are connected to your body. That that's something special about your emotions. That it's distinct from your rational thought in that your emotions actually have this connection with how your body responds to those emotions. So if you're afraid, you jump back in fear because your, your muscles tense up and, and you jump away. You, you go into this fight or flight thing. Or if you're feeling stressed, you all of a sudden start to feel that in the back of your neck or in your shoulders or wherever it is that you feel stress. Or when you feel like you're in love and you feel this in your heart, this, this sort of like, oh, there's that different feeling. And so that's usually... Where, where we kind of put Jesus is, hey, I've, I've got this feeling about him. It, it's not necessarily a feeling of when I reach my arms around him and I hug him. It's not necessarily this feeling where I uh, feel like uh, he, I'm smelling him or I am feeling what his arms feel like. But rather it's a feeling that is within me. And that feeling appears to be what Philip is working with. Philip here is working with this kind of feeling of Jesus, his Holy Spirit that is being, that Philip is being very sensitive to. Because when you read the story, what's happening here is that Philip is, is all of a sudden struck by this feeling, struck by the Spirit, and the Spirit tells him, Go. Go. And, and doesn't even tell him exactly what he's supposed to do. He just says, go. And, and there, there's going to be this guy. And so you, you get this sort of sense of, of Philip going, well, I, I guess I have to go. And, and we've had that experience as well, where, where we've been like, okay, uh, I don't know what it is. But I just feel like I have to go. I just feel like I have to move somehow. I just feel like I have to go to this place. And, and Philip just goes, hey, I'm, I'm going to go with that feeling. And so then he goes and, and he actually sees this Ethiopian eunuch. This person who really has no business being a part of Philip's story. Philip is a good Jewish boy from Galilee, Jerusalem area. Um, uh, he was taught probably from a young age to fear People that are not Jewish. Yeah, stranger danger. And this Ethiopian guy does not look like he's Jewish. And, and so, so Philip is probably like, oh, I'm going to stay away from it. But I guess I've got this feeling. And, and on top of that, I mean, Philip probably didn't know this right away, but this guy's a eunuch. And being a eunuch is a double whammy. Not only is this guy Ethiopian, but he's a eunuch, which is especially cursed. But yet, Philip is like, hey, I've got this feeling. 
and I'm going to roll with it. I've got this feeling inside of me. And then he starts to use actually his other senses. Because we all think that it's sort of magical that uh, Philip just kind of strolls up and he's like, hey, I knew you you were going to be reading that out of Isaiah. And hey, let me tell you what that's all about. I think it happened much more like this. The Holy Spirit was like, go. Philip was like, okay, I guess. Spirit was like, hey, there's an Ethiopian eunuch there. Philip was like, if you say so. I'll get it a little closer. You know, just enough an earshot. And, and then he overhears, perhaps, what the Ethiopian is reading. And he's like, hey, that sounds familiar. Now, probably what's happening here with the Ethiopian eunuch is he's this uh, kind of person that's called a God-fearer. He's not uh, ethnically Jewish, but he has found the word of God and has said, this is something that I want my entire life to be around. I believe that this is really the true God. And so he's probably come to Jerusalem so that he could experience the Passover, perhaps even for the first time. And he's coming back with, well, kind of a gift from the gift shop. You know, he stopped at the duty-free store and he picked up the scroll of Isaiah. And on his way back, he's reading this. He's like, okay, I'm going to start to read this. And he's reading it out loud and going... Well, he's saying the same thing that probably a lot of us say when we flip open to the middle of Isaiah. What on earth is this about? And Philip walks up and says, hey, do you know what you're reading? Because he's using his senses and he's, he's going, okay, I can hear this guy, what he's saying. Hey, do you know what you're reading? It's, it sounds like you're lost in this. And the Ethiopian goes, how am I supposed to know what this says? And Philip goes, well, let me tell you. And starting there, he started to talk to the man about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done and, and all of that good stuff. Simply because he was sensitive enough to be in the moment and to say, hey, I believe that God has redeemed this entire body of mine. That God has redeemed even my senses. That when God died on that cross and rose from that tomb, that what he did was that he redeemed all of this. He redeemed my sight. He redeemed my hearing. He redeemed my touch. He redeemed everything about me. And because of that, I can use all of that stuff in praise and glory to him. I can use all of that stuff to witness to people that are around me. And that's what Philip is doing here. He's living into that reality of being redeemed and knowing, hey, God redeemed this stuff. I'm going to use it for his purposes. And so he's listening to the guy and he's explaining what he knows. And all of a sudden, you see that change for the Ethiopian eunuch. And the Ethiopian eunuch goes, hey, why, why don't I just get baptized? Here's water. What's to prevent me? And that's an important question for this Ethiopian eunuch because probably his entire time at this Passover celebration, he's been kicked out of places because people are preventing him. Because A, he's a eunuch. B, he's an Ethiopian. He's not allowed into the temple. And so he's he's literally asking, hey, what's preventing me here? And Philip is like, nothing. Let's do this. And that Ethiopian eunuch feels that sensation of the waters of baptism dripping off of his head 
as he comes out. Just as all of us in this room who have been baptized have felt those waters dripping off of us. Perhaps we were so little that we can't even remember what it felt like, but we know, we know what water feels like. And so since we know what water feels like, you know what that feeling of baptism felt like. That day when you were included into God's family through your senses. The day where you became a part of God's body. The day where you became a part of who Jesus is. That you then now are redeemed. That you are made to be a part of his body. And not all of us gets, not any of us gets to be one specific, all all of those parts of that body. But we all get to be specific parts, specific hair follicles that get to feel the wetness. We get to engage our senses around this experience of Jesus that we have. So we get to taste what it's like to have communion here. We get to feel what it's like to feel the air around us. I have this great story. Actually, from the same time around, uh, that stinky guy we were talking about in the children's sermon. And I remember I was praying with somebody in my office. And we were praying, and, and there was just kind of this, this moment. And all of a sudden, this person was like, after we said amen, it was like, hey, were you blowing on me? And I was like, was I What? <laughs> Where are you blowing on me? I was like, no, that's weird. <laughs> and they were like, because I felt this air. Yeah, it, it could have been the air conditioning. But maybe it was the Holy Spirit. We get those moments those moments with our senses that let us know that Jesus is here. Let us know that Jesus has included us into his body so that we can go out into this world and we, like Philip, can be sensitive to the people around us. We can listen to them. We can hear them. We can wonder what their struggles are and we can ask them questions just like he did. And then maybe one day we get to share that, those sensations that we have with them. All because Jesus redeemed these bodies by dying on that cross and raising again and making us his body. So now this week, may you be sensitive to God and what he is doing in your life. And as a result of that, may you be sensitive to what's going on around you so that you can share that gift with somebody near you. Amen.